right, hey, what's going on? Happy Tuesday, and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Thanks for joining us today on your daily home for Cincinnati Reds content all season long. Coming up, myself and Clay Snowden talked a little bit about the Detroit Tigers series, Reds and Tigers, getting underway tonight on Tuesday. Uh, have that interview for you in a minute. I'll also give you some more news and notes about the Tigers. Uh, but first, let's recap what happened in the NL wildcard race on Monday with the Reds off. It looked good early for the Reds. Looked like the Reds were going to get a lot of help. Didn't end that way. We'll start with the positive. The Marlins, they did lose 12-0 to the Brewers. But other than that, it was a lot of disappointment after some early hope. The Mets blew a 3-2 lead to the Diamondbacks in the 8th inning and lost. The Rockies blew a 4-3 lead to the Cubs in the ninth inning and lost. And the Guardians, to cap it all off, blew a 4-3 lead to the Giants in the 10th and lost. So the Reds sit two games out of the third and final in a wildcard spot on Tuesday morning behind the Arizona Diamondbacks. Reds now four games behind the Cubs for the second wildcard spot. The Marlins and the Giants, they are both just a half game ahead of the Reds, so Reds would need to leapfrog both of those, but they're only a half game behind those teams. Really, all focus at this point is on Arizona and the Cubs. Of course, the Marlins and Giants could get into that mix and have something to say. All right, before we get into myself and Clay Snowden talking about the Tigers series, Clay goes into a little bit more detail about some of the individual players and storylines. Let me give you my news and notes here on this series. Reds 17 and 18 all time against the Tigers. Reds 8 and 8 all time in Detroit. A uh, little history lesson for you. Reds beat the Tigers in a seven game series back in the 1940 World Series. I'm sure that is on the minds of every player in this series today. Uh, the Reds lost two of three to the Tigers the last time they faced them. That was back in September 2021 at Great American Ballpark. Just so happens, Reds kind of in a similar spot uh, as they were back then. Uh, Reds won two of three in the last series played in Detroit, but that was in 2020. Of course, no fans there. Last time the Reds played in Detroit in front of fans was actually all the way back in 2018. The Tigers this year, they come in at 66 and 77. Reds, of course, 74 and 71. Uh, Tigers eight and a half back in the AL Central, pretty much all but eliminated. But that team has played a lot better of late. They had a really rough June, went nine and eighteen, pretty much ended their season. But they're thirty-one and thirty-one since July first, twenty-seven and twenty-seven in the second half of the season. So they've just been, you know, pretty steady uh, of late. And then of even more recent, Tigers are actually seven and four in their last eleven games. Five of those wins did come against the White Sox, but nonetheless, the Tigers are playing pretty good baseball of late. Uh, Tigers traded Michael Lorenzen to the Phillies at the deadline, but that was really their only uh, notable trade. Um, they wanted to trade Eduardo Rodriguez, but were unable to. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez actually will be starting in Game 2 of this series. Tigers, though, one positive, they have not been good at home this year. They are 10 games under 500 at home at 31 and 41, only one game under 500 on the road at 35 and 36. Tigers just 30 and 48 
against teams above 500. And the Tigers, they really have done most of their damage actually against the AL Central. 30-16 and 16 against the AL Central, but they went 7-25 against the AL East. I expect a much different lineup for the Tigers against left-handed pitching. They typically platoon uh, three or four players, and actually that includes the top two spots in their lineup uh, against right-handed pitchers. They usually have um, Badu and McKinstry batting one-two against righties. Probably won't see either one of those guys even in the lineup against uh, a lefty. Uh, Tigers, they have committed the third most airs in Major League Baseball. Defensive metrics say they're a little bit better than that, but something to watch. Um, Tigers also have a lot of really fast runners, but they don't steal a lot of bases. Uh, Some Reds notes for you. How about this? The Reds actually lead the National League in batting average, on-base percentage, and OPS in the month of September. So the Reds' offense has been playing well of late. Hopefully they can keep it rolling. Reds' bullpen, of course, they were really good those last two games uh, against the Cardinals. Did not allow a run in nine innings pitch. Some Reds that are hot, Tyler Stevenson batting 348, OPS over 1,000 in his last 18 games. Christian Encarnacion Strand batting 368, 990 OPS in his last 10 games. And then Nixon Zell, Reds will be facing a lefty. More on that in a moment on Tuesday night. Hitting 326, seven home runs and a 968 OPS against lefties this season. All right, before we get to Clay Snowden, uh, here's the rundown for the series pitching matchups. Uh, tonight, Tuesday, 6.40 p.m., Brandon Williamson against Joey Wentz. More on that matchup at the end of the uh, show. Wednesday's matchup, Connor Phillips against Eduardo Rodriguez. And then Thursday, Reds have TBD. Tigers will have Reese Olsen. All right, here's myself and Clay Snowden talking about the series. All right, joined now by Clay Snowden of JustBaseball.com. No one better that I could think of to bring in to preview the Detroit Tigers because Clay is a Reds fan, but he covers the Detroit Tigers for Just Baseball. Clay, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I feel like it's been a while, and I uh, when this schedule came up, I saw that, and I thought, I'm sure I'm going to be asked to come on some podcast to talk about the Tigers. Well, you know, I uh, waited till the absolute last minute possible, but thank you for uh, accommodating us as you always do. Clay, before we get into the Tigers, since it has been a while, I got to ask you about the Reds. 17 games to play, Reds still in a race. How you feeling? I'm not counting them out yet. I don't know why I would. There's, you know, everyone started counting them out around the deadline, and now it's, you know, September 12th, and guess what? They're still around, so no reason for me to count them out yet. Um, Obviously, the closer we get to the end of the year, the more information that we have about if they'll make it or not. Um, Percentages aren't great right now, but I've seen crazier things happen. Well, they're about 13% higher than they were on opening day, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kind of how I view it. All right, well... uh well, Clay, let me ask you this. What do you think the Reds would need to have happen in order to uh, pull off what I think would be one of the most incredible accomplishments in the history of this franchise? And I really don't think that's hyperbole. I think it's going to take a big, big week or two two or two weeks or whatever it is from Jonathan India. Coming back, just giving this team something, um, being able to, and I'm, I'm not going to overvalue the leadership stuff and all that, but him and Joey Votto coming back, these are two guys who have done it before. 
And, um, you know, when some of these rookies have struggled, just having a couple of vets come in and if they can give them that boost to help push it across the finish line, that would be huge. Obviously, it comes down to pitching as well. You you just don't know what you're going to get. We're at the stretch run right now. And, you know, Andrew Abbott's pitched more innings than he has. And um, they're kind of getting funky with the rotation at times. So um, it's it might have to scratch and crawl to get in. But. Once you get in, you just never know what can happen. All right, so tell me a little bit about this Tigers team, a team that pretty much buried themselves, it looks like, in June. But really, since July 1st, they're 500. In the second half, they're 500, exactly. Seems like they're playing much better of late. Is this a team that's kind of feeling like they're maybe building something towards 2024? I I actually saw a stat today about them. If you remove their division games, which is against the Twins, White Sox, Guardians, Royals, like these not good teams, they would be like 20-something games under 500. Um, So they've really just done well against those teams, especially the White Sox recently. But, um, you know, this is kind of a team that you can see it. Like there's a couple of players that look like studs for the future. Riley Green really looks good. Torkelson kind of up and down so far to start his career, looking like he he could get to 30 home runs this year. And looking like a plus piece. And then Kerry Carpenter, a 19th round pick, has just blossomed into one of the most underrated players in the entire league. Other than that, um, they're going to have a little bit of struggle from, you know, it's a, not a very good team. There's players like Andy Abanez who's getting at-bats and um, some players that you know will not be there next year. But there is some promise to this team. Parker Meadows, who hasn't played incredible the past week or so, but... Um, brother of Austin Meadows, by the way, a rookie outfielder that has speed and power is kind of a fun piece to look towards the future. And you'll, you'll see a couple of arms like, um, Reese Olson, who is a young starter, who's actually pretty, has, has got some really interesting stuff and some great movement on his pitches. And, um, the type of player that I think Reds fans will enjoy watching. I think he pit, he might pitch the last game of the series. Yeah. Looks like they just announced that he will be. Uh, starting on Thursday against the Reds. So with this Tigers lineup, like you mentioned, Torkelson and Carpenter are clearly the the two guys that you in some ways can't let beat you. Is that correct? Yeah, they're, they're going to be the two that really stand out um, to the average fan as, okay, these are like legit pieces you can build around. These are really good players. Or, you know, they're young players on their way to becoming really good players. You know, we see the flashes and you, you'll you notice that these players are on a different level than several other players. Now, there's still somebody like Akil Badu who's in the lineup here and there that a lot of Reds fans may know his name with. He has some tools, but um, other than that, it's kind of filled out with some some average players, some players having decent years. Um, you know, everyone knows Javi Baez. He's... He's not very good, but he's still around. And then Jake Rogers is a catcher that I I think is a good player. All right, so Tuesday, that's tonight as you're listening to this podcast, uh, it'll be Brandon Williamson returning. Great to see Williamson back in the rotation against Joey Wentz, guy that's kind of been up and down this year. What's your thoughts on him? Another A lefty always kind of scares you when the Reds are facing these uh, below-average lefties. I would not be scared of him, honestly. I mean, I've watched a lot of Joey Wentz, and he's kind of a tweener type. I think he may end up in the bullpen long term. Um, when he's on, he looks pretty good, and you'll see it at times. And 
he'll call some swing and, some swing and misses, but he struggles to locate the zone often. And more times than not, he's going to leave with a frustrating start. And that's why they've kind of bounced him up and down at times from Toledo and in and out of the bullpen and using him as an opener or using him out of a, you know, they're trying to find a different role from him because starter long-term is just not going to work. In my opinion, that's the game that's going to be the easiest to jump out against a starting pit- pitcher this week is against Joey Wentz, a guy who's who's really struggled in my eyes. Wednesday, Red's not getting any favors. Sure would have been nice if Eduardo Rodriguez would have been traded at the trade deadline. Yeah, he's he's going to start that game too. And, um, you know, he's, he's having one of the better years of his career. Kind of an odd situation that he wasn't traded. Uh, he declined the trade that apparently was accepted to the Dodgers. Just a very odd t- tenure for him with with the Tigers. He kind of disappeared from the team for a while last year. Um, really strange situation. But when he's on the mound, he's been extremely effective. And you'll notice he could just tunnel with the best of them. Um, all of his pitches look the same coming out of his hand, and he's been locating them well. And um, you can see why teams would be interested in him. And even the Reds, I think, were kind of rumored to be a team that might have been interested and that might have just been fan talk more than anything. But um, most likely he'll opt out this year and be a free agent. So, you know, maybe the Reds want or Reds fans want to keep an eye on him and kind of watch him pitch and see, see what you like. But another lefty vet, just a tough guy to hit right now. What about the uh, Tigers bullpen Uh, looking up and down their uh, bullpen? I think the only guy that I really knew was uh, Trey uh, wet. I can't even say, say the guy's name. Yeah, well, he's because he was a Reds because he was a Reds uh, minor league signing at one point. Our buddy Reds and four will love the Tigers bullpen. He probably already does. Chris Fetter, their pitching coach, super underrated. Um, well, not really underrated, just super good pitching coach. And what he does is he maximizes pitch sequencing. So he really can find players and help them find a way to use their pitches, even if they're not the best pitches in the world, but use them in the correct order, correct locations to get the most out of them. Tyler Holton, um, he did have the lowest ERA in all of the MLB at one point with a minimum of of 50 innings pitch, like a legit lefty that they found on the waiver wire. ERA is up around 2-2 now, still a tough lefty, but overall their, their bullpen's pretty good. Now they've kind of filtered in some guys that are, um, AAA guys and, you know, typical September move by a team that's out of it. Right. But Alex Lang's in there, um, kind of their closer right now. I don't know if he'll be their closer in the future when he's on, he's one of the best, like he has disgusting stuff and you'll see it. The issue as so many bullpen arms have, he can't find the strike zone at times. Now he's going on about a month stretch of being good before that two straight months. He just couldn't even throw a strike. So you don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Now, Jose Cisnero is still around. No idea why a guy who has no factor into their future is taking any innings away from the young, the younger arms, but uh, he is still around. But yeah, overall, they do have kind of an underrated good bullpen. You may not know a lot of names, but they're pretty effective. Red's kind of getting a little bit of a break, not having to face uh, Scooble right this week. Yeah. Tarek Skubal's one of the better younger younger le- lefties. Now he missed a huge portion of the year and end of last year doing it due to an elbow injury. 
But since coming back, I mean, he's just been fantastic. He's the pitcher that a lot of off. I, I feel like he's going to be one of those hot names this offseason where fan sites decide, oh, Tarek Skubal, we can trade for him. That That's the sleeper pick. I feel like everyone's going to want this offseason. And it's going to take a King's ransom to get him. And I don't even think he'll be on the block, to be honest with you. Um, really, really good le- lefty, under control, um, causes a lot of swing and miss. But he used to kind of be a strikeout pitcher with walk issues. And as he's gotten older, he's just become more efficient and better at just getting outs, no matter how you know those come. And his strikeout numbers can go down a little bit, but he's been so efficient and definitely the bright spot in the Tigers' ro- rotation outside of Erod. So Tuesday and Wednesday, Reds facing lefties in both games uh, with uh, uh, Wentz and Rodriguez assuming more of the platoon lineups that we've saw but the Tigers bullpen only has one lefty so David Bell more than likely can be a little bit more aggressive early in the game going to his bench right absolutely and um, you know the the Tigers bullpen has oftentimes had three lefties this year Um it would not be surprised me if some roster move is made at some point in time between now and then, just because of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're going to see Hunter Renfro or, you know, Bader in there and you're, you're probably going to see a lefty lineup, but as we know, you can switch that up and David Bell loves to do that. You know, it, it's, a, I always find it funny to look at the Reds box scores and just seeing how many substitutions, like if you have no idea what's going on in the game, and you just look at the box score, it looks like, you know, a 15 inning game or something, but really it's just David Bell playing matchup. So um, yeah, they, they can load it up with righties um, and then be able to do the substitutions without having much threat of a, lo- a lefty coming out. All right, Clay. Well, this has been fantastic. You are the absolute best. Uh, be sure to check out all of Clay's work at just baseball.com uh, site that covers uh, baseball from a national perspective. Uh, better than anyone else. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. Tonight's matchup, Reds-Tigers, 640 p.m. For the Tigers, lefty Joey Wentz. He is 2-11 with a ERA of 6.65 this season. Uh, number 40 overall pick of the Braves in the 2016 draft. Had Tommy John surgery in 2020 uh, before he finally made his major league debut in May of last season. Started the season in the Tigers rotation, got demoted in late June. Since then, he's been up and down three separate times. He actually started against the Louisville Bats just uh, back on August 24th. Five innings pitched, gave up four earned runs, gave up home runs to Trey Mancini and Johnny Pareda. So hopefully the Reds can have uh, as much, if not more, success than the uh, Louisville Bats had against him. Uh, Wentz, he struggled as a starting pitcher this year, 1-10, 7.17 ERA. As a reliever, he's been much better. Uh, in four games, he's got an ERA just barely over four. Harrison Bader, the only active red that's faced Wentz, he's 0-1, but does have a walk. Wentz is kind of a crafty lefty, uh, low-mid-90s fastball, um, curveball, cutter, and changeup. For the Reds, it'll be the return of Brandon Williamson, and that is a welcome sign for this Reds rotation. He's, of course, returning from being on the COVID IL list, who have gone exactly two weeks between starts, so uh, hopefully not a whole lot of rust. Hopefully he can jump right in just like Hunter Green was able to, but we'll have to kind of watch and 
monitor that. Uh, Williamson was was rolling uh, since July 1st, a 3.15 ERA, uh, striking out almost nine batters uh, per nine innings. Walks were really low, just over two walks per nine innings. Home runs were down. Really was pitching really, really well. Um, and Williamson, if you're kind of interested in monitoring his workload, he enters this start tonight with the exact same amount of total starts between AAA and the majors this season, that's 27 starts, as he made last year in the minor leagues. He's currently just 10 innings over. So I think Williamson's workload may be a, a lot better than a guy like Andrew Abbott. Not really all that bad. All right, here's what's going on. Teams in action on Tuesday night in the NL wildcard race. Starts off 7-10, Arizona Diamondbacks at the New York Mets for the Diamondbacks, Ryan Nelson on the mound for the Mets, Jose Buto. And then at 740, it'll be the Marlins at the Brewers. Marlins going with what looks like a bullpen game against Freddie Peralta. At 840, it'll be Cubs at Rockies. Javier Assad going for the Cubs. Chris Flexen going for the Rockies. And then wrapping up the night, 945, the Giants host the Guardians. Cal Quantrill on the mound for the Guardians against Sean Manea for the Giants. Manea has typically been used only in short spurts, so maybe not a full bullpen game, but probably somewhat of a bullpen game for the Giants. Uh, Reds, well, we need this one tonight. Uh, Reds in the middle of a uh, tight race, 17 games to play. Every game so crucial. Of course, Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube. Right after this game ends, Trace Fowler should be back on Tuesday night. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Be about 9 o'clock. Of course, we always go live in the ninth inning. Hope you'll join us for that. And then, of course, if you missed that, Chatterbox Reds, always available everywhere you get podcasts the next morning. Just do me one favor. If you haven't left us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast, please take two seconds to do that. That stuff really helps us out. And thank you so much to everyone who has already done that. To everyone who continues to support this show, we really appreciate it. We'll have a great Tuesday, and as always, go Reds. Go Reds.